Welcome to the Inside Carolina Postgame Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That is Sherelle McMillan. It is late here on the East Coast, but we are going to talk briefly about North Carolina's 16-point win, 86-70 over the Louisville Cardinals. your opening thoughts but I'm gonna give mine just to start with watching that first half and they kept showing the Louisville bench I legitimately thought in my head I wonder if Danny Manning Nolan Smith and those guys suited up would they be better than this team Louisville had on the court and then the second half happened and they played much better your overall thoughts on what you saw from North Carolina uh, yeah, it was pretty, I would call it workmanlike for uh, the vast majority of the second half. And it's actually not a bad thing. Uh, they got a pretty sizable lead and you never want to coast, but you also uh, want to be able to to feel good about having a lead. And um, I think they did that, you know, pretty much in the, in the first half. They kept it up to, uh, or I think I was around 17 at, at one point in the first half. And then the second half, there was some slippage, especially defensively. That was, that was, uh, that was some late November, mid-November defense that we saw from them in the second half. But um, I think the good thing about this team that we've seen so far is that they do pretty much always respond, um, regardless of the circumstance. Uh, you're reminded of uh, Syracuse. Syracuse, a game that Carolina won by, was it 37, 36? Uh, in the second half, Syracuse had a similar run where they cut it down to 15. And before you knew it, Carolina had it back up to about 23. And it wasn't quite as quick uh, t- tonight, but there was a point where it got down to five, and within a couple minutes, it was back to 12 or 13. I never felt like UNT was in jeopardy of losing the game. It, I think it was just, uh, I think we, uh, folks who follow UNC and, and fans who watch the team, just kind of wanted a, another blowout. And sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. I think Hubert Davis kind of got the best of both worlds with this. He got a comfortable. 16 point win but as you know it's easier to teach after a win than it is a loss and i think he can go to them and say all right you scored 86 points but look how much you gave up in the second half they made i think it was nine of their 10 first shots or nine of their first 10 shots in the second half so he's got some stuff that he can go back and he can he can tell them look you know you're you might be six and zero in conference but you're it by no means perfect so uh kind of i think for hubert davis a win-win and for, for the team in general you know it they were never really in jeopardy of losing the game. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, especially the point about, um, you know, there's some lessons to be learned here. And while I think you can lose and get that lesson smacked in your face a little bit, I think the second half certainly showed this team that maybe they're not as good as they think they are um, if they don't play like they have been. And uh, we're talking with Sherelle McMillan postgame, Carolina 86-70, of course, Johnny T-shirt and congruity, congruityhr.com front slash Tar Heels for that free assessment with them on the small business. Sherelle, let's talk a little bit about early because I thought Carolina really looked great. And one thing, um, even though I didn't see it, I had to see the replay given that uh, we were still watching Miami and Florida State. Baycott came out of the gate with a lot of energy. Looked very quick. Looked fast in the pink shoes. I know somebody um, – 
on the message board expressed disdain for the shoe color or whatever, but Baycott was moving around in those those pink ones today. What do you think about his play? He just looked more inspired, more aggressive, at least early. I think I think that's fair. Um, definitely trying to carve out position. I think he he knows Huntley Hatfield pretty pretty well. Um, they, they have a relationship dating back to AU, so you know those guys are familiar and they played against each other. So I, I'm sure that's a part of it. But also, um, you know, running the court against a team who doesn't have the size that North Carolina does. If, if you sprint that according to position, more than likely you're going to get the ball. So I think that's party probably part of it too. In general, I would say uh, Armando was bit fine. I know there's been kind of a back and forth amongst the fan base about exactly his play this year and whether or not he's regressed and what has he improved on. But I mean, the dude's fairly consistent outside of, you know, a, a game here or there. I mean, <clears throat> he had 16 uh, points against Pittsburgh. He had 14 against Clemson. Struggled against NC State because he didn't play much. But then he had 16 against Syracuse and he had 19 tonight. Um, and he's always around that, you know, eight to 12 rebound mark. So, I mean, there's not much to, to really say about someone who's going to give you pretty much, you know, 15 and nine and a half or 15 and 10 pretty much every single night. Uh, you want him to be a little bit better around the rim. And I think that's something he struggled with at, at times throughout his career. Uh, there was maybe three bunnies in the second half that I, I think he would really want back. But aside from that, I, I think you're seeing kind of what he needs to be for this team to be successful. They don't need uh, – I'll, I'll say this. They don't need him to be the the 25 and 20 guy that he was at times, you know, during that, that run um, during his junior year. I, I think what he's doing now is exactly what this team needs because they have other pieces that can help do some of the things that um, he's been used to doing, the rebounding aspect of it. Uh, Jalen Withers, I think, we'll, we'll talk about him, but he had – I think he had 10 rebounds. Uh, Harrison Ingram had another – four or five uh rj davis has always been a good guard rebounder so um you know it's it's a situation where he doesn't have to do it all anymore and i think that's better for him agree with that too as well sherelle mcmillan talking about armando baycott there um you, you know I, I do like to see baycott run the floor i do like to see him active i love the free throw shooting uh, i mean that is huge for this team yeah Talk i mean that's that's like a huge underrated story uh, this season. And maybe it's not underrated amongst the folks who follow you and see, but I think nationally, when you have someone like him who has struggled at the free throw line for for a lot of his career, and now you see his percentage jump. I, I don't know the exact number right now, but I think it's jumped. You know, almost twenty points, and that, uh, you know, we'll find somebody smarter to do the math. But you're adding four, five, six points a game from the free throw line that just weren't there in previous years. So. Um, that's big for North Carolina. It's going to be big for North Carolina in some of these intense games to come. And, and if you start looking down the road, if he can do that, you know, in, in the NCAA tournament in, in pressurized situations, that's that's obviously a, a big bonus for you. When you have Cormac Ryan who's shooting ninety plus percent, and you have R.J. Davis also who's shooting ninety plus percent. So just something to think about moving forward. But that, I think that's a huge development for this team. Yeah, I agree with you, and and that's where I was going. I mean, he's he's averaged pretty much 16 and 10 for his career. If he had shot 85% or whatever he's shooting this year, 80%, that'd probably be 18 or 19 every game. So that's huge for this team, especially as many times as teams are going to foul him and put him on the line uh, down there. So tonight, 5 for 6, 7 for 11 from the field, 19 and 7. Uh, you mentioned Cormac Ryan, and this is another guy. And it's one of those reasons why Baycott does not have to do as much. 
if Cormac shoots it like he did early in the first half, four for seven on the night, I think he missed his last three. Uh, but just speak to what you saw from him. He seems to, when he doesn't just flat out rush it, and he can get his feet underneath him. He's pretty deadly from three-point range, and I think Carolina's going to need that as this season progresses. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that I think everyone's been waiting for is that that next breakout game for him. And uh, for the, I guess because they all happened in the first half, it, it's a little bit like we forgot about it because, uh, you know, Carolina let the league get down to five. But he, a tremendous first half. Um, there were a couple times even in the second half where he I thought he was open, and I'm like, man, shoot it. You're you're kind of in the groove. I think there was one specifically in the second half, kind of on the right baseline. Um, it ended up being a shot clock violation. It was the possession where Cadeau had the shot blocked and it, it went out of bounds and it turned into a shot clock uh, violation. But uh, in general, man, that's a, a huge thing for UNC because as we've seen, it's been kind of hard for them to get all four of their kind of big four scores. Uh, Harrison Ingram, um, R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott, and Ryan kind of scoring together in the same game. It's usually two or three of those, and then somebody else, like tonight, that somebody else was with us, even though Ingram did end up with 10. Uh, so, um, you know, seeing him kind of make up for Harrison Ingram's, uh, you know, scoring drought, I guess you would call it. He's only been in double figures, I think, three times or two times in the last five games. So as as Ingram is fading a little bit offensively, and I'm sure he'll get back, you see Ryan starting to get a little bit better offensively. So it's good that they have those interchangeable parts, like you said. And then, uh, again, it opens up driving lanes for Davis and Cadeau, and it gives uh, Baycott you know, kind of space to operate. So uh, definitely something that can take this UNC team, I think, to the next level is Ryan making shots. He doesn't have to go four for seven, um, but just you know, make a couple every night, and I think that really helps. Yeah, you mentioned Jalen Weathers, too, as well. We're talking with Jerome McMillan. Shout out to the 400 people that are in here. It is 1130 on the East Coast. Uh, been a long day, so shout out to the folks that have joined Inside Carolina. But, Sherell, Jalen Withers is a guy. Um, he needs to play against Louisville every night. Uh, he looked aggressive. He made some tough moves, five for six on the field, five for seven from the line, 15 and 10, like you mentioned. Uh, what can he really bring to this team consistently is it that athleticism? Is it a combination of everything? Um, is it defense? What have you seen from him on that end? I just think he's a guy that up until tonight, there's been so much more that I wanted to see from him that others that have talked on this show wanted to see from him tonight. He really showed those flashes. I think what he brings and, and can continue to bring is utility. Uh, in that, I mean, energy, uh, rebounding, uh, kind of the things that don't necessarily involve scoring. His scoring will be a byproduct of doing those things well. So if he offensive rebounds and, and defensive rebounds and gets out in the passing lanes for steals or um, has good hands on, on a couple of those catches and, and, and finishes well, that's, I think, how he impacts the team. Um, you know, it was a good game for him. You know, 15 points, 10 rebounds, a, a double-double. I think he's the third or four, he's the fourth Carolina player to have a double-double of some kind this year, I think. Uh, Cadeau had assists. I don't know if he had points. Anyway doing live radio, but I know for sure that Ingram and Withers and now uh, Baycott, or excuse me, Baycott, Ingram, and now Withers have all had points and rebounds, double-doubles. So that's that shows you what he's capable of. Uh, there was a stretch there, though. I thought his usage rates might have been a little high. There, there's a little bit of uh, 
give it to Jalen and let him cook. And I don't know if that's the most successful way for UNC to operate offensively, but it worked tonight. Uh, so, you know, kudos to him because at the beginning of the season, I don't think he knew exactly what his role was going to be. I think he came in and, you know, we had heard that he was going to start initially, then he got hurt and that set things back a little bit. Uh, and so I think he, he thought maybe his role would be different. And uh, again, give him kudos, give Hubert Davis kudos. They've kind of reined it in to what exactly they, they want him to do. And I think you see it now. He, he seems comfortable. There's not, even though there was tonight, there's not a ton of, uh, you know, get the ball and go ISO or anything like that. It's a lot of cutting and moving and energy. And, and he can do that, you know, all day. And his athleticism also allows him to finish really well ar around the rim. And he could be UNC's best finisher around the rim, honestly. Um, so that will come in handy as, as the season goes on, too. Yeah, I think some of it tonight was it's Louisville and it's his former team. Let's let's let him get his and he was playing against guys he had some familiarity with. I agree about the athleticism around the rim. I still can't figure out if he dunked that when he went up and under or the other guy pushed it in. But anyway, it, it's not something we see beyond him and maybe Seth Trimble is that athleticism at the rim, Sherelle. Yeah, and you know, how many times have me and you talked about it? We talked about it on Coast to Coast just over the last few years, it feels like Carolina has struggled at times at finishing around the rim. Um, part of it is size, maybe part of it is le lack of athleticism, maybe part of it is not you know, exactly um, running a fundamental fast break, but when you have someone like Godot and you have someone like uh, Withers who can get out in, in the passing lane and then get out on the fast break, it makes it a lot easier to, to finish. So um, good for him. I'm glad he had a, a, a good game. I'm sure it will do wonders for his confidence moving forward but he needs to make sure that he kind of stays within his role so that was my only worry i know that's weird to think about after such a great performance but you know you want to make sure that he still understands what this team needs him to do for it to be successful yeah i think that's a big thing about this team is guys learning their roles aka staying in their lane and doing what they're supposed to do and i think that's been huge for the team want to let you get out of here. I talk, told you I'd have you for 15 minutes. Shout out to Sherelle for stepping in late um, here in late night. I want to ask you a couple, uh, one more question though. Elliot Cadeau, were you surprised, surprised at the hops and the dunk he had? A lot of people appeared to be shocked that he could do that. You followed this guy for a long time in the high school ranks. Just sort of speak to, to what folks can expect as his game continues to expand. No, not surprised because you've seen that on the AAU circuit a few times. It surprises a lot of people the first time you see it, but after that, you know it's coming. And he seems to be just kind of lonely defensively. You're like, oh, he's going to drop this off, you know, left hand to Baycott for the dunk. And then you just see that burst that kind of comes out of nowhere. And I remember the first time we um, really started looking into him and found out that UNC was interested, that's what jumped up. It was just like, you know, you just didn't see it coming. You see this kind of, I don't want to say smallish because he's you know, six foot, but you see the six foot kid, like he's going towards the rim. Oh, he's going to lay it up. He's going to pass it. And just there's an explosion that you're not anticipating. And he just, you know, throws it down. So um, that's there. I, I think he doesn't show it a lot, but it's, it's definitely there. And overall, I, I think it's just a matter of continuing to get uh, comfortable for him. There were a couple of assists that I, I wish he was able to be credited with uh, the RJ Davis three that didn't count was was a, a beautiful play by him there was another one where a player got fouled right before the basket went in uh so his, his assist numbers i think he is only credited with three 
but it felt more like five or six. And then he had a couple of hockey assists as well. And uh, Sean said it, uh, Sean Moran, uh, one of Inside Carolina's basketball analysts, it's, it really is infectious when you have someone like Cadeau who is in his own way sacrificing, you know, and, and passing to teammates and moving the ball around and making sure it doesn't stick. Uh, that makes you want to do it too. And there's a couple of times, even when Carolina got maybe a little pass heavy, <clears throat> excuse me, where uh, possessions went on where guys had clean looks, but they were trying to get to the better look. And you'd like that. You, you'd like to see that moving forward. So I think that's what he he brings to the team. And then he does have the ability, um, you know, RJ Davis obviously is the, the top option in the situation, but he does have the ability as the shot clock winds down to go to find a way to get to the rim and either lay it up, get fouled or, or find someone because he, he's very difficult to stay in front of. So um, I, as he continues to grow, I think it'll help North Carolina a lot. He's he's got to get better defensively. I think he knows that. Uh, there there was a, a a stretch there where I think Sky Clark kind of realized like this. I don't know if this kid can guard me, and he he went at him. So that's something that he'll continue to improve upon. But um, he's growing, and I think he's starting to see it. Yeah, and it's huge for the team. It gives RJ it frees RJ up. We we didn't even talk about RJ tonight. I, I was I was gonna say we we've got to give him something. I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> I was he's gonna the, let you close with it. Yeah, I mean. He's, he, he continues to be a bucket. He continues to be the man for this team. Um, you know, I've said Harrison Ingram's the best player on this team. Uh, I might come off of that a little bit as, as RJ keeps it up. Yeah, I mean, he's right now. He's gonna. He's the front runner for ACC Player of the Year. I think it's it's probably a probably gonna end up being a two man race. I won't mention the other name because it's gonna get everybody riled up. But it's probably a two man race. And then I think. Honestly, I, I don't see an argument for him not being a first-team All-American at this point. Clearly, there's 14 more regular season games to go, probably at least one or two ACC um, tournament games, and then who knows in the NCAA tournament. But, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who's having a season like R.J. Davis. And, like, tonight, it's not just the points. He had 21, which is right at, at his average. It's the efficiency. You know, 50% from the field, 4 of 7 from 3, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 turnover. And that's not like, that's not a stat line that is rare for him. You know, 21, 5, and 4, or 21, 8, and 3 with, you know, a turnover here or there is kind of what he does. Um, so it, it's getting to the point kind of like Baycott where, like, when R.J. Davis takes a three, you're like, well, that's going in. You, you, you're shocked when it doesn't go in. Um, he's shooting a career high. It, it, everything is up. So, um, you know, I, I – there's not enough to say about his play. It's just to the point now where you you expect 20 points a game and you expect a bunch of assists and a bunch of big shots. So, uh, again, kudos to him because he's gotten better every single year. He has. If you don't believe it, go look at his stats. Every single year they get better and better, and RJ is to your point. I mean, he had 21 tonight, and it's like, yeah. I mean, that's just what he does, and he hits big shot after big shot. And the free throws, we mentioned that earlier. The free throws are huge. Uh, I mean, when you've got a ball handler that will hit free throws down the stretch of ball games, is back in the day, you know, he had old-style old Carolina basketball. The game is over. If Carolina had the lead and you had the foul, it was over. And RJ's working that, as are some others. It's been a fun one, Shrell. We went longer than 15, so I owe you five minutes down the way. There's almost 500 people in the chat, which is nuts. Um, but, yeah, anything – any. Any parting wisdom for our crowd in here? There's a lot of them, and they listen to you religiously. So, so give us some parting wisdom as Carolina goes. I guess Syracuse is it Syracuse this weekend or Boston College? 
Austin, Boston College. College. Yeah, at yeah. Boston College, which is never a fun place to play. Yeah, that that's a Harrison Ingram game for me. That's a you know what was it? What did uh, Dabo say? Bring your own guts. Yeah, like, this this is a bring your own energy game because it's going to be like Joey said on on Coast to Coast. It's going to be probably half empty. Um, there's going to be some Carolina fans there, but in general, it's just kind of a weird place to play. It's kind of a sleepy environment. So Harrison Ingram and, and Cormac Ryan too. I think they're the two guys who got to make sure that the team is is up to it. Obviously, Hubert Davis is in charge of that, but on the court. I think Ryan and Ingram will be really important on Saturday to, to keep the team's energy up. Um, but Boston College, you know, they're not a bad team. Uh, they're not great by any stretch. I don't even know if I would call them good, but I don't think they're bad either. And Quentin Post is an all-ACC caliber, you know, player, I think. So uh, it'll be a good challenge for UNC. And then the part that's not, uh, I want to say frustrating, but difficult for them is you, you fly to Boston probably on Friday morning. You get there. Stay the night, have a game Saturday in Boston, fly back, get back to UNC, you know, probably late Saturday, have a day at rest, and then you have Wake Forest coming in Monday at 7. So it's a quick turnaround, lots of travel. So it's the first, um, you know, Sunday, uh, excuse me, Saturday, Monday in ACC play. So curious to see how they respond, you know, to basically three games in, in five and a half days. It's going to be interesting to watch. I think the second half of this game will have Carolina on point against Boston College and then Wake coming Monday night, which the Coast to Coast podcast will be the post game for that. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, I think it'll be a tell. Let's see how good is this Carolina team in just grinding out wins in the ACC because we know that the ACC is not good on paper, and so you can't afford to lose these games. And Carolina's shown an ability to grind them out, which is interesting and good for me to watch this bunch. There's no, uh, there's no way they can't win ball games, and Carolina's shown that again. Seventy-six, excuse me, eighty-six to seventy over Louisville. Well, Shrell let McMillan me is let, the man. let me let me add one more thing. I'm sorry. See, but... see, here for, for the record, folks. I texted Shrell with like five minutes left in the game and said, "I need you on post game. Can you join me?" And he did. And now he wants to keep rolling. Ultimate team player. Go ahead, Trey. No, I was just going to say, in, in that, <laughs> uh, I think uh, one of the things that's different about this team is that um, I, I don't, they might lose, they, they might not win a game, but I don't think they're going to lose games. And what I mean is, I don't think they're going to go up there and have 22 turnovers and shoot, you know, five of 26 from three and all that. They're going to fight. They're going to compete. They're going to be in it. So, uh, when you you can have a basketball game where you just don't win that that happens um but i think too often over the last four or five years for unc they've lost games they've not not won them if that makes any sense uh so that is one thing about this this team that i think is different i think tonight was an example i think uh saturday against syracuse was an example i think the three road games were examples they they found ways to win and they weren't going to to lose the game they they were going to make the opponent beat them um and you know going up to bc that's kind of half the battle it's like just don't lose it yourself um and so i think they have a, a firm grasp of that i think they're i think that's one thing that Carolina fans don't have to worry about indeed you can win a lot of games if you just don't beat yourself and to Sherelle's point carolina is doing just that next up Boston College on Saturday. We'll see if we can't get a post game for that, but stay tuned to Inside Carolina and all the guys for all their hard work covering this game and much more. Check out Johnny T-Shirt and Congruity. Those are your duties. Hit the like button. Check out 
Johnny T-shirt and congruity, and we'll keep kicking you the great content here. Sherelle, thanks as always, my man.